0: hey rc bray and i owe you an apology before we recorded the next podcast you're about to hear i meant to deliver to all of you tranquilizer darts for you to use on yourselves when you start feeling yourself getting amped up with peter because he's a he's, he's infectious his energy is infectious and there's no doubt he's going to infect you like he's infected so many others uh, with energy. Sorry, I forgot about the. Anyway, so if you need to um, take, uh, you know, like a, a, a sedative or um, uh, you know a, a laxative, whatever you got to do to relax and uh, get ready, because you are about to experience what it's like to spend time with the
1: Peter Delta Burke. Rock. Hello, motherfucker. Enjoy. <laughs> What's up, uh, baby? Uh, well, I, i as I've been saying for 20 years, the robots have already won. Yeah. I just basically beat the shit out of myself trying to... I have four devices here. I got a, a new computer. I got my my second-generation 1938 iPad here. And what's the problem? It took me 20 minutes. I had to download something. And anyway, I'm here. I was. Hi. I didn't know. It just goes to show you that in, a, in an emergency, yeah. even an idiot, a Jew with a chainsaw... <laughs> Can, can can download Google Chrome. Wow! What and exactly did you do with the chainsaw? chainsaw? Well, my first experience with a chainsaw is, you know, I, I don't want to get into, you know, I lived in the woods, you know, and that's true. That's you know, I, I used to think it was, um, you know, I, I would get offended every time I'd buy a power tool, and they would ask me if I was Jewish. And I, <laughs> we're not very good with things. We're not. We're not with wow. sharp things. So 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 that's that's. So you're a Jew, yeah. then is what you I say. I am. I'm, 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 I've uh, memorized two Yiddish phrases when I okay. auditioned for The Chosen by Chaim Potok. Oh, in, oh. Uh, What are the phrases? All right. Oh, uh Kishaber under Vedals or halls. I could say that. Kiss a bear under his tail, and you'll get a sour taste in your throat. Yiddish is like Confucius for Jews. It's you know <laughs> Yiddish <laughs> is based on humor. You know, they're all they're like he should grow like an onion with his head in the ground. You know, he has the brains of a bench, things like that. Yes.
0: So, this is, oh, God damn, you are fucking
1: gold. <laughs> I am. I am. Um, this is my, this is why I don't have a, a big brand. It would just be a Jewish star with a.
0: I don't think that's looked uh, highly upon anymore. I think people want to stay away from brands of. Oh, branding. Oh,
1: But this stars. is what they tell me. I need a brand, okay. you know. Oh, a brand for I see. Yeah. I didn't know where you I tried, were. I about. tried a toothpick first. I tried doing like a, like a little tattoo. and. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. You. Enough about me.
0: No, well, that's what is here. Keep going. I'll just shut the fuck up and let you talk for an
1: hour. (laughs) I'm very happy to see you. I'm very glad to see you.
0: Yes, I'm glad to see you. I did something, too, by the way. I I know I told you no visual things, but I'm going to describe it while I do it so people know what's up. And Oh, well, I I, I shaved and I put on a shirt. I was going to say, when I saw you, I was like, God damn, that man went and got himself waxed or something. Look at this shit.
1: You look all rosy. Look at you! It's, you know what it's called? It's called soap and water. I just discovered. You know what else happened tonight what? in the shower? What? Uh-huh. Well, apparently mm-hmm. my wife went to the health food store. No. Oh. Because I wound up washing my hair with almond almond cherry bark oh. shampoo. Pretty. And conditioning it with with pine fucking sap moss, and I smell like a, a cough drop bush, <laughs> like a, like a tree that, that grows. <laughs> So I'm so you know, glad that
0: uh, we're not cultures
1: eventually smell like, I mean, this is, I, I can tell you thing. You turn 60, yeah. you develop an accent. I was going to say, I don't, I don't have to speak
0: like that. I'm doing Shakespeare, but see, but see you also smell like a uh, fucking Ben gay too. Cause you're 60. Well, so that's
1: gotta be like a crazy ass. But I knew, ben. I knew ben. ben, Ben and I met at a party for Dwayne Reed. Is it? This- Back in the day before when pharmaceuticals were still, you know, you bought on the street, but another real quick, let me do my live, my
0: uh my my video, my show, my fucking it what
1: it, what's it called? Sight gag, whatever. This is for you, because
0: oh, yeah. okay. you're a rock star. You ready?
1: Yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious.
0: I just uh, for everyone who didn't who can't see what I just did, I got on a night rider shirt, the Good. shirt that Peter wore in uh Caddyshack. I can um, show you the original. Do you have the original? They let you take that back in the day. They didn't
1: have that the- was my shirt. That was my shirt. See, there it is. Oh shit. There you go. Nice. All right. Yeah, let me turn on the light so you can see. We're doing visuals for the poor people who are listening to this. See, there's my little caddyshack stick. There's my hat. But enough, we don't want to talk about that. Because my wife even said, Don't talk about caddyshack. No. It's pathetic.
0: No, it's it's not. <laughs> it's actually pretty, it's actually very cool. And go yes. you know, if you if you don't want to talk about it, we won't talk about it. But I know you love to talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> And fuck, why wouldn't books. you?
1: It's, it's because I've been talking about it for 40 years, mostly when I'm depressed.
0: No, it's awesome. I think it's it's just it's something so randomly fucking cool. I forgot who I was talking to. I I don't I don't know who said it. It was like at an APAC um uh audio publishers association convention for the uninitiated. Mm-hmm. And uh someone was like, Did you meet Peter Burk yet? It's like I don't think so. I'm like, Oh well you'd know if you did. Uh, <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> And uh,
1: they're like, oh, there he is. That's him over there. Oh, very cool. Yeah, he was in Caddyshack. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. A- my reputation doesn't precede me as well as my, the, like, the Doppler effect. Like, you yes. can hear me coming. Yeah. So that people's <laughs> like, you'll know when he's coming. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I think you also had, like, a very loud shirt on, too. So,
1: Um know. Everything's yeah. loud. Everything's loud.
0: But I, I didn't believe him at first. I was like, that was the most random fucking thing to just say about somebody. i he's in Caddyshack. Oh, okay. I'm talking to you and all this. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you were in Caddyshack. But then I had to remember it was shot like 70 years ago. Fucking you know, 75 years ago. 75 and- years ago. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, then I was like, no shit. All right. And then I start telling my friends like, hey, 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 you know, the guy that knocked the duty in a pool. Yeah, that's, that's my friend. I did. I, did, I, did. <laughs> I wanted a bite. I couldn't get a bite. It went in the pool. Uh, no, I good. know. I know the you. Rest did, of cinema history. Yeah, it's it did. Okay. It's actually, a lot of the shit you were in went down in history. It really was. You got the Dalai Lama. You got the, you got Pick Up That Blood. You got Jesus. You got, you got a lot.
1: The first time my son was impressed with me was when he heard Noonan Miss on a video game. He's like, Daddy. That's me. That's me.
0: Hey, so you hear anything else about Caddyshack? No. All right, good. So (laughs) I was in the book. Oh, the The um, hardest
1: part was quoting myself.
0: The, uh, conscious. What, the uh, unauthorized uh, behind the scenes? What is it?
1: That thing? Or? Chris Nashawati wrote the book, 30 years. The, the, anyway, talking, speaking of audiobooks, wow, aren't they good? Yeah, they sure are. I don't listen I, to many anymore. I listen to you right now, dude. Uh, Yeah, you, which one are you listening to? You told me you were
0: listening to something. but
1: Actually, I'm listening to Ray Porter. I always get you guys mixed up. No, I did listen. To, I finished you. I was listening to The Dark by Jerry, Jeremy Oh uh, yes, yes. Which is when I decided to do you nothing personal in the mm-hmm. book I'm doing. Yes. Um the the main character is a is a an orc who can speak English. Yes. And uh so I I channeled your dry wit <laughs> and, uh your and nice. your smoker's cough and I'm I'm What's having a good time. What's the name of the book? It's called Morkster Chef. Mork Morkster Chef. Yeah, but yeah, I'm doing it for athon. It's a really uh, fun book. Yeah. It's um, it's it's just really. Uh, what can I tell you? I, well, you know, every book I do is like the Bible for a week. You know. Yeah. Um, this book is just it's a fun book. It's well written. It's great characters and and there's recipes. And so last night I'm in the kitchen making a steak, and I'm thinking, well, the orc puts the fat down first, and he lets the fat fry in the pan, and then he yep. rubs it around. So you know, this this week I'm cooking like an orc, okay. and next week I'm back at, in the in the Pacific, dodging zeros and... Right, because you're doing uh, some uh, World War II lots, stuff there. Lots of World War two stuff, stuff. Airplanes, sea, land. Yeah. yeah. Airplanes, sea, and land. Oh. It's the, it was a big war. It, 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 was. it went over. There. It's like
0: the entire world was involved. Very strange. Yeah. Good. And one, one of the things, actually, the reason, uh well, not the reason I'm having you on. I wanted you on because I know you'd be funny as shit and people would love you. But uh I needed a reason. So I said, hey, doesn't he have a book out? And said yes So the one that came out Actually came out on the same day As uh, one of the ones I did And one of the ones uh, And the one Lou Diamond Phillips did And now The one that I'm having you on here for now Is by uh, Anthony J. Melchiori It is uh, book two of
1: the Vector series He's very smart Called smart man. Damn Yankees What's it called? Demon Mind You know in the, in the 60s, 70s You know we relied on Star Trek And Isaac Asimov And Robert Heinlein to do our thinking for us. I mean, yeah. they gave us permission or, or they gave us uh, places to, to, to expand our imagination, right. yeah. you know? And it's, 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 I always think, cause I wrote a little bit, I was just very lonely mm. and, um, it, and, and I, I was good at it, but I just didn't, I missed people saying you're good. And, you know, I can't wait a year or seven years to write a book to have someone tell me you suck. Right. Because <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, no, that's but, a good point. but yeah. I, I think a lot about writers, especially science fiction writers, and you too, because all the books that people have been writing about climate change and, and technology and yeah. cyber—it's all—it's all current events now.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, so it's like, how do you write a science fiction book when everything is sort of, you know, when fucking Captain Kirk is going to space? And I know. It's, You know, <laughs> you know? but he's so smart. I love I love Demon Mind because there's still the element of science fiction. Yeah, the thing. That, but when you get to be middle aged and you've seen the changes, and all of a sudden, it really is like a a current events class. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, these people in this book. The, the I'm not going to give any of it away. but right. the, the drone comes, and then everyone goes crazy, and they start eating each other, and it's like. That, that, but this is like, oh yeah, they could do that. Yeah. I mean, remember Havana when people were losing their hearing because there were pressure bombs, invisible shit going off. Yeah. So it's like, it's he—he's so well, you know, as Isaac Asimov and those guys—they were scientists, right? They—they mm-hmm. they knew many things. You yeah. know, you can tell with Tony that he did stuff mm-hmm. as a human being before he started writing, because when when you're doing a book that's that so intelligent with so much schmutz and so much so many facts and the best part is i get to be an asian guy and a german woman so i can have a conversation with myself right. and yeah. how i love you know i'm much smarter when i'm japanese because i go slower and I'm, german, I'm much smarter because i'm afraid of myself so i listen harder yeah. and, and you you know when you're playing the character you have to know what the fuck you're talking about and it's like doing his books is like they're page turners, but it's also like a science class when you're talking about this shit. So it's very, it's, it's, um, I'm saying many things. But mm. Basically, I mean, you, you know, his books are, I mean, I don't even, do we, did we ever decide what you call a page turner in an audiobook? Have we ever come up with something like that? No. Okay. Cause I don't either. Anyway, I just love his stuff because it's, it's all very, um, I mean, great science fiction was always very believable. Now it's, yeah, by the time you finish the fucking book, someone's done it. It's already there. So you invent, come up with this idea, and then Apple makes one.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I always thought was funny is that, you know, there was always this thing for me was you know, oh wow, it's almost two thousand whatever it was when, uh, Back to the Future when they came. What was twenty fifteen or something? Which is funny. That was six, right. what six years ago now. Anyway, but it was yeah. like let's see what's accurate, and it's so strange the things that they actually did kind of come up with, and I, I have to wonder. If if the people that actually invent these things, and I'm I'm sure a lot of them probably do, is they look back to like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Fucking whatever, and they're like, I wonder if we could build that. And then they set out to actually build what they loved reading about because it actually had some kind of basis in uh feasibility. You know what I mean? What? Like I'm just like, wondering As
1: opposed like, to Star Wars, which is like color by number. Yeah. You know, yeah. not <laughs> exactly you know, it's like, oh yeah, anybody can, you know, can right. And
0: but yeah, people. it is kind of. And the other thing is too, you were saying, you know, that Anthony's like really, you know, he's 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 got what you say, schmutz, uh, but it's it's filled. He's got so much like information in it. And when I read these things, and I'm and I can, you know, when you read, you know, your mind can wander, but it can also be on task while not actually paying attention to what you're reading. Um, but what I'm what I mean by that is, I'll be reading, you know, a lot of author stuff, but you know, his as well. You're reading along, you're reading along, and, and and it it just starts to go like this this kind of seems plausible. Don't authors write about what they know about? And you just start to wonder, like, the fuck does this guy
1: know? I g I don't know. How many terrorists do you have in your Rolodex, pal? I mean, you gotta but, get Well, your- yeah.
0: I mean, there comes a time when <laughs> you're gonna get locked into Yeah, exactly. No, but, no. <laughs> I'm doing one called Dead Men's War. There and, you go. Uh Right. Isn't that what I'm doing? <laughs> you, know, it's funny. you just said it's like the Bible for a week and then it's gone.
1: Right. It's like being in the show and remember, memorizing all your lines and then you do another show and then yeah. you can't remember any of those lines. And no. so, you know, I mean, I the most boring book I've ever done in my whole life was the Coconut Oil Bible Edition 5. The and coconut. yet I was. I was cooking with coconut oil for a week because oh, I was Jesus. like, Oh, I may be bored, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I, smelled like, I smelled like a pina colada and everything was fantastic. But I, you want to uh, know what the
0: most boring book I ever did was? Yeah, It was a book that our dear friend, uh, Bill Dufresne actually got for me. He was, he was producing some audio books for Audibles was very early yeah. on. And he was like, uh, and I just met him and actually, I don't know if I had met him or maybe I did. And it was just very brief, but he's like, Hey, I've got like a hundred books for you to do. Do you want to show them? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so he sent some over like three of them were awesome. They were like these thrillers and yeah. deep shit. And I'm like, God, I love this guy. Thanks Bill. And then one was called environmental psychology and it was a Canadian That'll <laughs> textbook. That'll teach you.
1: Whatever this fucking class is. Too bad it wasn't like a yeah. George, like a, like a an Alabama science book, because then it would be like three pages. I was going to say, you want to write that right now? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Hey, everyone from Alabama, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me
0: started. We're just a couple Northeastern folk, I'm just having just fun. A of Yankees, we think, so, <laughs> we think we're all that. Ah, uh, please, we're Northeastern. We know we're all that. Um, What's that? So. <laughs> uh, Yep, Dead Men's War. I knew it. That's what it's called. Boy, it's porn. It's robot porn.
1: Sci-fi robot porn. It's yeah. neat. They follow. Uh, what do you call it? Prestone. Prestone. To lubricate a robot. Yeah, Prestone was what made the, the, the airplanes go in World War II. Don't you? Don't you know these things? No, I don't, I don't. Dude, but Prestone is also the stuff. You know, here's what happens when you read a lot. Without Prestone, you can't make the planes go. And the Japs come and they they shoot you. I'm not. I'm saying Japs because uh, really, I, <laughs> I'm very. Um, I've, I'm actually in love with the Japanese people. No, I, I know. Yeah, I know. You're in the mindset. That's all you've been reading. I got you. Yeah, no, I'm doing a whole Japanese series where yeah. I, I honor them by reading more slowly. Yeah. It's- um. But but these Japs were mean. They were very mean. <laughs> um. And, and and but anyway, so you press stone is what you need to for the to lubricate your engine, or it's going to you shoot yourself down. But then only a few weeks ago, I'm reading an article for Apple News, which is a lovely, lovely uh, Mm -hmm. thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I found out that Prestone is like Teflon, and they also put that in fireman insulation, which gave them cancer. So look what happens when you see a word like Prestone and you go, after 500 books, I could tell you all about that. I'm I'm sure sure. you know all about robot porn and (laughs) shooting.
0: That's interesting. But what did you say? They put an engine so they didn't shoot themselves down? What was that? Well,
1: no, no, I know. That sounded very but, oblique. No, because if no, you but, if your will just die, they won't, they're not lubricated. They'll cough, they'll spit, you'll crash. Oh, so oh, you, oh, oh, I see. You know, okay. I send a plane up with that stone, but who knew that, that no 25, 25, 45 years later, we'd be talking about it? Like,
0: that's, <laughs> and see, it's bizarre. I mean, seriously, though, you could read some out there shit, but you actually walk away knowing some stuff. Well, talking about more Japanese. You have like this uh, series that you're incredibly passionate about that I'd like you to talk about by Michael Pronko I believe is that am I saying his name right yeah he's brilliant he's brilliant well, now what's yeah. it called the
1: Hiroshi you know, detective Hiroshi or Hiroshi Hiroshi Hiroshi. 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 Yes. Detective Hiroshi is um it's it's uh, he's 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 a uh, it's really very fascinating Michael first of all Michael is a, has been living in in Tokyo for many many years he lived in he's born in the United States, but, um, he lived in Beijing. He lived in, um, Tokyo for many years. He teaches uh, film and, um, music. So he's in Japan teaching in Japanese, but he's talking about, you know, blazing saddles or whatever. I mean, he's, he's, he's fast. He's amazing. But, um, so he's written this series. Um, the, the first book is called the last train. The second one is called the moving blade Mm-hmm. The third is Tokyo Traffic, and then Tokyo Zangyo, and the protagonist is a. It, it, it really encompasses Michael's dual um, nationality relationship because uh, Detective Hiroshi is a guy who went to college in Boston, so he's he's become quite Americanized, and he's be he goes back to Tokyo, and he's still sort of relearning to embrace his 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 identity, mm-hmm. but he's, he's basically an accountant. You'd think it would be a boring thing, a, a made, you know, a, 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 a thriller mystery series where the protagonist is a fiscal, he's a, he's like, a, he's an accountant. He's you what, know, and, but because he's the only one in the police force, he was, he got roped into doing accountant stuff for like um, um, accounting for like um, major extortion and overseas mm-hmm. international, You know, that sort of thing, crime and money laundering and, you know, all that stuff. But he was the only um, um, detective who could speak English. So he winds up getting called to all these murders and because he keeps needing to interpret for people. And through the first couple of books, he just hates it. He keeps trying to get another job because he gets hurt. He, he gets hurt. He's like, that lady hit me with a sword. But fuck that. I want to go back to the office. I'm really very sad. Um, and you got these great stock characters. And of course, when you are an American doing a Japanese novel, you don't do Japanese accents. You know, it's different um, if you're an English actor doing an English novel and you do a thousand different English accents, just like you and I do. What? All sorts of regional accents when we're, you know, if everyone takes place, if everything takes place in the country. So when you're, but you know, when you're doing something set in another country, um you just give them their own voice, you know. Yeah. But what I've been doing, really working at is incorporating the, um, the sensibility of the culture. Um, and um, so the people are just, you know, they're just fantastic universal characters, but Hiroshi Hiroshi is this, keeps getting drawn into these things and um, they're just fabulous. They're brilliantly written, good mysteries, good thrillers, but each one, it doesn't speak highly of the culture because what we learn is things behind the scene. The newest right. book, Tokyo Zangyo, Zangyo is an expression that for lack of a better interpretation basically means working yourself to death by working free overtime. time. Oh. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of the underbelly, but He's a he's a writer who writes like a painter. Okay. Every single scene. I know I'm going on and on. You know, people, the, the people are going to be like, tell Peter to shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pronko is brilliant. The novels are brilliant. And um, I've really learned um, a great respect for just the movement and the culture and the ins- yeah. this craziness. But anyway, so that's another. And Tokyo Zangia, I recorded this series. You said something before, like number, and we're doing the book now, but it's really number one.
0: I was going to say, I look now and
1: the, Was it book two just came out like last week or something? Yeah, it it, it recorded this series like the movie Memento. It was really bizarre because what happened was, long story interminable, don't worry, (laughs) um, I wound up, he had done the first two books in Japan with a friend who was good but not a a professional narrator, he was a musician. So he decided he wanted to do them again. So I started with the third book. Gotcha. I got a general sense of Hiroshi's relationship. At this point, he's with a different girl, and now he's starting to like his job. And there's I mean, all these wonderful relationships. It's like Tony. The, the, what makes a book wonderful is the the dynamic between the people, the brilliance of the plot twists, and also the colorful, the vivid writing and all that. Yeah. But um, what I've discovered, because I did book – I first I did book three, mm-hmm. and then I went back and did book one. So now I'm like, oh, this is where he was at the beginning. I get <laughs> Then I read book two to prep it, but by the time I finished it, he had finished book four. So I went back and I did book four, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. So now when I went back and book, did book two, I was like, well, this is because he hated his job in the first book, and he loves it in the fourth book, but he still hates the guy from the first book who got him in. It's really fun. So it's really like learning. It really is like memento. You're learning about the characters in the wrong yeah. order. And because, as, you know, as the narrator, you have to know everything or fake everything at mm-hmm. least. These relationships just became much more layered and layered. complex. I knew different things at different times. Anyway, he's brilliant, and they're like with a great series like that. You don't really have. I mean, if I can narrate them out of order, you can read them out of order.
0: I was just going to say, someone's going to ask. Well, then should I listen to them the way you did it? Because you made it sound pretty interesting, like Memento-like.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, you know, it's it's not it, it's not like Harry Potter. Let's put it that way, where right. you are really fucked up if you didn't know he used to be under the stairs and miserable. Right. Yeah. So it's also like. Uh,
0: um, whatever that is, Dan Brown stuff, Robert Langdon. I mean, yeah. they kind of relate, but they could stand
1: on their own yeah. just fine. Not a big deal. Uh, tell Talk more about your, your coaching. I teach audiobook narration one-on-one. One of the people, last summer when I was really smashed with work, which is, I felt guilty almost because it was such a hard time, but all the actors who did theater and film, who couldn't do theater or film, mm-hmm. were suddenly writing to me and saying, how do you do audiobooks? <laughs> it's, it's a... Right. The greatest secret, you know, on, on earth. And um, one yes. of the people who wrote to me was a gentleman named Pat Herring, who was, has no acting experience. He's a lawyer from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. doesn't have any courtroom experience. He does mostly, the, you know, paperwork and stuff. Okay. Had an Oklahoma accent, lovely man, lovely man. Worked with him during the summer, and he got a book. Nice. It was great. I worked with this guy for about three months, two, twice a week maybe. And he wound up nailing a book when I, I, you know, we talked about his accent and, you know, that that can be um, it can be detrimental if all you've got is that one voice. So we worked on Westerns and military stuff and he was brilliant and he got a book. So that was fun. I want to mention his name because. Um, um, do you do online stuff? I do online stuff because, I mean, it's it's audiobook stuff. I mean, it's basically it's so easy to. um just work one-on-one on these specific things. Yeah. You don't really have to have somebody in the same room. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I, you know, there's, there's two quick things I'll mention about my relationship to audiobooks and to teaching audiobook work. Mm. One of the things I discovered as I went along, I've been doing this now for 10, 11, 12 years maybe, is, uh, you know, uh, actors often think in metaphor. We create, we, because we're trying to do things. We're trying to remain active as we're acting. Mm. We're not just making up sounds and voices. Where trying to be connected as we're going and and so sometimes we need metaphor and and ways to envision what we do. And what I realized somewhere along the way is that audiobooks are essentially what you have to do to be a narrator is to you're adapting a book into a film with right. your voice only.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you don't just get to play all the characters and do the dialogue which means individual specific scenes between human beings not just I have this voice and well, I'm from Russia, so this will be fun seeing. Right. It's really, you know, the schmutz. The schmutz is a Yiddish word for the stuff. The, yeah. the I, I want uh, to Judy, I know. Yeah. So not only do we have to be the, the characters, which is the easy part to understand, but we have to be the music. We mm-hmm. have to create emotional undertone. So talking about that to students is, is an eye-opener. It's yeah. like in a beginner acting class when you make two people make eye contact and they go, wow, this is really scary. Is this part of it? Oh my God, I have never done, I've never looked at someone in the eye and listen. And the other thing is, you know, I was working with a guy, Tariq, great guy, just got his first uh, series. He was very good. You know, you listen to somebody do the work and it's all intelligent and it's, it's clearly he knows who he's talking about. But what, what actors I'm working with help me to remember is that acting is about specificity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... You know, I got such a blast working with him the other day because it was um, taking something that was already good and turning it into something that was multi-layered and 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 um, human and mm-hmm. three-dimensional. Um, and it it has to do with, you know, it's almost like when actors get an audition and they think, oh, this is an angry scene, so they play the anger, but it's not about the anger, it's all the others. <laughs> anyway, I love teaching. I started teaching 25-something years ago, but now with audiobooks, it's such an... It's an easy thing to sell because you can, you, you don't, you're not trying to tell someone you can be a movie star because that's right. not going to happen. Um, although one of my students is, I'm not going to drop any names, Diane, uh-huh. uh, but, um, but, um, you know, you don't have to be dishonest. You say to people, if you do this and you don't sound like a Jack in the box or like a, you know, if you don't sound like a cartoon mouse all the time, mm. um, you can get work, yeah. you know, there is, it is possible. It is possible to make a career out of it if mm. you put in the, um, the work. So I just, I love that. I, uh, being a narrator is less, bo- less lonely than being a writer, but I'm still sitting in a booth. At least I got the voices in my head. I can talk to myself. Yeah. Uh, but um, teaching for me still brings out that, that passion, that 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 connect, connection between people who are getting it. And I just, yeah, anyway. Well, so it that,
0: is, it, yeah, performing is a very you know, it, uh, a multi-person sport. So, I mean, it's good that people like you and I naturally have multi-people, multiple people yeah. inside our heads.
1: But yeah, So we yeah. can talk while some of them are chatting.
0: Oh yeah, all the time. So but I have fallen asleep reading a book. Uh, <laughs> I mean, narrating a book, not just in bed. Um, but yeah, but the fact that, you know, like teaching must be awesome because you're like, ah, I'm engaging again and now I can hear someone else and I I, I've learned something myself from the way they're doing it. And, yeah, it, it's, it's got to be
1: kind of like a breath of fresh air to do that. And it, I, I, responsibility, yeah. too. It's like every time – I've been teaching that for 20 years. I don't know if I've taught everything, film and, and you know, this stuff and yeah. Shakespeare and all kinds. But every time I sit down with somebody, every day, I think, oh, my God, what if I have nothing to say? What if I have nothing to offer? What if I can't hear a different – and this never happens. You know, the worst thing that happens is somebody is really good mm-hmm. and it takes me a longer time to figure out how to direct them towards something more right. specific or whatever. But Well, if wow. someone's interested, how, how do they get in touch with you? Because Peter Burkrod Audiobooks is my website. Um, I'm not real good at keeping it up, but it's got my mm-hmm. face and my name and some old clips on it, the stuff I've done a long time ago.
0: Oh, there you go. Um,
1: I'm on Facebook, so you can Facebook message me. Yeah, once you're me. at Peter Burkrod or... It's just Peter Burkrat. Yeah, Facebook is just my just my my name. I don't have a fan page because I'd be embarrassed. I'd be the only one in the club. <laughs> I'd go on there, of course. Yeah, you'd stop by sometimes. When you have yeah, nothing. exactly. Well, I, I, but yeah, so yeah, through the website or just through Facebook or Burkhardt at yahoo if they want to just say all right, email. cool, awesome. Anyway.
0: oh oh, you gave out your like personal email. Yeah yeah yeah. I can't do that shit. Fucking psychos here. Jesus.
1: I got my social security number tattooed on my ass. Do you? I don't
0: care. Prove it. No, it uh, no. Peter, what's your narration process? Read it first, then narrate, or
1: do you just go for it in one take for the most part? Oh, that would be terrible. Mm. Uh, that would be terrible. Um, no, I, I take, I, I, always, you know, I've, I've been doing, I've been an actor. For, I've been doing this my whole life. It's the only thing I'm good at. So like slacking off would really be lazy. Mm. Um, you can't narrate a book unless you've read it first. It's like it's like if you it's like doing an operation, you know, without knowing who the patient is or what's going on. You open it up and you oh that's the spleen looks okay, let's check the liver. Oh the liver looks let's take it out anyway. It's, it's a little red, you know. Um, at least nobody dies. But um, I always read the book first. Let's 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 talk about novels. Let's talk about fiction because nonfiction is a different a different yeah. beast simpler in many ways. It's like making a, it's like making a commercial instead of a movie with your voice. And so you make some specific choices and you do a lot of research, but, um, when you're doing a novel, you're telling a story. Mm -hmm. You're, you're telling a story. You're taking people on a journey, you know, even saying chapter one, the sun rose over Boston on the coldest day of the year. Um, Um, You don't even know how to start. Even the tone you start with is going to be colored by what happens later. So first of all, how do you – if you get even a dozen characters, which isn't that many for a novel, how do you know how they sound until you've figured out the relationship to each other? There's a lot of reasons why it would suck if you tried to just read it cold. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you you want to prepare – to, to do something, you want to make those choices, who the people are, what the relationships are, what the voice choices are going to be, what happens at the end, you know. So, yes, you always read it first. I read it. I highlight the dialogue so I can look at it and know how many people are in the scene. I know who's talking. I underline any description. Mm-hmm. And I underline descriptions like he said warily or he said to himself, all that stuff mm-hmm. you can't fake. You'd have to stop and go back and do it over. And then usually if it's a good book, I will also always prep the night before, uh, go back and reread, at mm-hmm. least skim what's going on. So I remember if a new character comes in, cause you prep something and you read it a week or 10 days later and already you've, you've got to go back and figure out what it is. Right. So the more, you know, the more specific you are, the better you're going to be and the okay. more fun you have.
0: I was going to say, um, yeah, cause I've, I've, I produced a couple of books that you did. Um, and, uh. Yeah, whenever I got your audio, it was it was just so easy to listen to. You clearly knew what the hell you were talking about. You know what I mean? There were so few mistakes. It's just that y- you knew it. You could tell you knew the story. You know where you were going. The characters were exactly the same from beginning to end. The flow was right. You said underlining things like warily. It was said warily, almost to the point where, did you really need to say, he said warily? You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that, because you're giving it. Um, but yeah, I had a... I had an easy time with those books um, uh, from uh,
1: late. Yeah, night. you don't want the reader to have to do the work for you. You know, no, you no, no, want, no. You want to disappear. Want to want to. And and you know, it's much more fun when you know how they feel about each other and what they're lying about. And you know, acting is there's subtext. There's stuff in the scene that they're not being honest with each other. And yeah. if you just say things the way they sound, it's like doing a musical in sixth grade. You know? Hey, whoa. <laughs> My Nothing daughter great. just
0: got cast for a play in sixth grade, so this is going to be good. Not sure. <laughs> it's not a musical, though, but
1: whatever. It's all right. <laughs> Even better. What's your least favorite accent to do? That's a, you know what? That's a really good question. Yeah. That is a really good question. I think the one I had the most, it, it's funny because, you know, I've been doing accents since I was a kid, but I did a book I was glad nobody ever listened to. It, had a, it was Scouse. It was Liverpool. And I know a lot of people who grew up with the Beatles can just do mm-hmm. a Liverpool. But um, I always sound like I'm talking on something. <laughs> yeah, Scouse, uh, Liverpudlian. It was like, all right, all right. Well, I can do Cockney. No, it's not right. And, and then I go, I go, Australian? I don't know. Chavo is fastest. It's a beer. It's all right. I had a little trouble with Australian, but but Cockney just killed me. Just oh. I'm not Cockney. I'm Liverpudlian. Look, you- scouse. Let me ask you a question real quick. Because I'm doing a book now. There's a
0: uh, an alternate universe where they have a Bar Harbor there. Oh. Are people from Bar Harbor called Bar Harborians? Um, or is that something he made up? Bar har har. I know Harborians. I thought Bar Harborians would be funny to say. Bar Harborians.
1: Yeah, they sound like aliens.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. I don't know. So I, there, I could Dean, have- That's why I did it. It was a. Uh, it was a. It was a. A choice, a a, a a character choice, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, folks, as you can see, this guy—it's uh, kind of entertaining. And I'm sorry, I can never remember the name of this, but it's uh, with the book
1: that I love, "Unholy Night," that you did. Oh, that, was my, that huh? was my mother's favorite book. That was my mother's her favorite book. Your mother's favorite book, really? It was. She loved it, but it made her cry when she and when she got to the end, and she said, "Peter, <laughs> I hate you." Yeah. She said, that was the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. (laughs) It destroyed me. Oh, I hate you. But um, yeah, that was one of her last words, thankfully. But yeah, it's a a brilliant book by um, Seth Graham Smith.
0: Smith, right. That's uh, that's my favorite book that Peter does. So I I recommend checking that out. But I'm excited to check out the Hiroshi series because you sold the fuck out of that on me. Um, So, Peter, thank you for coming do i have to go you do i do oh we do it kind of we
1: do do.
0: peter love you i love you i love you thank you thank you for coming on i'm sure you made a new fan or seven and uh i bid you adieu much love thank you for coming on man i really appreciate it move over pete the cat get the fuck out of here peter and the wolf because there's a new pete in town Peter the Jew and His Trusty Chainsaw. Now, I'm not sure just what type of moral your kids would learn from a fable with that title, but it would be one unique take on World War II. And now that you've spent a little time with Peter Burkrat firsthand, of course it would, right? When I set out to make radio books, Peter was one of the first people I had in mind to be a guest. His energy is boundless, his wit, greased fucking lightning... His love of acting, narrating, and teaching, inexhaustible. Most importantly, however, I just love the guy. And I hope you found yourself loving him a little too. Appropriately, of course. Don't be weird. The Detective Hiroshi series by Michael Pronko, Anthony J. Melchiori's Vector series, and over 450 other titles all have one thing in common. I mentioned them on my podcast, Radio Books. Oh, two things. They're also all narrated by my beautiful mensch, Peter Burkrat. Thanks again for coming on, my brother. All right, we're taking a hard left on the next episode. We don't got nothing but narrators so far, so I thought we'd look into what these author things are all about. Join me for a one-on-one with the ultimate timeline fucker-upper, Dean M. Cole. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Radiobooks. This is R.C. Bray. And I think the M stands for Mahatma. Marigold, maybe. We may never know.